Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. W L H R. This is Fresh Scare. I'm Sherry Disgusting, broadcasting to you from the underworld. My guest today is the ghost of Charles Bronson, a great actor who embodied and emboldened Hollywood machismo for decades, inspiring millions of men around the world to be complete assholes with films like The Mechanic, Machine Gun Kelly, and of course, The Death Wish franchise. Any chance of catching these men? There's a chance, sure. Just a chance. I'd be less than honest if I gave you more hope, Mr. Kersey. This is Paul Kersey. This is the story of a man who decided to clean up the most violent town in the world. Unlike modern tough guy actors, Bronson earned his ruggedness the old-fashioned way. He was born Charles Bruchinski, the 11th child of Lithuanian immigrants in Pennsylvania during the Great Depression. After high school, he worked in a coal mine, then drafted into World War II. Charles, what kind of ghost are you? Vengeful? Or are you now at peace? I would say it's a little bit of both. It just depends on what you deal with from day to day in the afterlife. Sometimes it's peaceful, and sometimes they're just punks. You encounter a lot of punks in the underworld? Oh yeah, you'd be surprised. You know, you're up here with a lot of different people. Kurt Cobain, for one. You're not a Nirvana fan. No, it's just not my style. Charles Bronson, what kind of music do you listen to? Oh, you know, Frank. Frank Sinatra. Frank and I hang out a little bit. Backstage, you know, eating some grapes, enjoying a carrot stick or two. Maybe even some buttermilk. And I watch him sing. What a beautiful voice. Buttermilk and grapes. That sounds extremely refreshing. It truly is. Now, I can tell that you might be judging me. Not at all. I'm a slime monster. I enjoy cold and slushy things. Let's go back a bit and talk about how you started your acting career. So, after the war, you met a young actor, married her, and moved around in Philadelphia's art circles. On the recommendation of an acquaintance, you took acting classes. Yeah. Are you mad that Bill Hader stole your life story for his HBO show, Barry? Um, who is that? Bill Hader is a gifted comedic actor 
an impressionist. No, I don't like impressionists. Unless it's Rich Little. The best in the biz. Rich Little is still alive? Correct. He holds seances. He says, Branson Boyo. Where are you? But he does it in a Johnny Carson impression. Do you talk back to him? Do you let him know you're out there? Uh, sometimes I do, but then I like to be a little scamp. And I say, Hey, it's me, Marilyn Monroe. And he gets all excited. And then I go, gotcha. Aha. Are you looking forward to Rich Little's inevitable death so you can hang out with him in the underworld? Not really. He's a casual acquaintance. And, you know, I'm not really much for hanging out with clowns. You seem to have a real disdain for both punks and clowns. That's right. I don't like them. I'm a serious man. So, speaking of impressionists and vocal performers, you yourself had a speech impediment. No, I didn't. Even with your speech impediment, it's nope. clear you were more suited for film than stage acting sure. since you possessed... Uh, how do I say this? I watched some of your earlier films, and I realized your body was absurd. In what way? Please clarify. I, I don't understand what you're getting at. You were essentially the Channing Tatum of 1950s Hollywood. How did what you What about stay... potato chips? Uh, um... Uh, how did you stay ripped throughout your career? Oh, you mean my body, my physical state? Yes, yes. Well, you know, back then you didn't have to do much. You know, I uh, worked so many odd jobs. For a while, I uh, was doing uh, freelance logging. You chop some wood, you lift some wood. And then also I just had a, what you would consider a paleo diet. Grapes and buttermilk are paleo? Correct. And I would run about, oh, I don't know, 20 miles every day. 20 miles. Wow. Where would you run? Here and there around Hollywood. Sometimes I would uh, run all the way up to Anaheim and back. During the latter half of your earthly career, before signing on to a film, you would often request that your second wife, Jill Ireland, also be cast in the movie. Correct. Do you think today... You would be more famous for being a wife guy than a tough guy? Tough guys are wife guys. Because you gotta be tough if you wanna love. And I love my wife. Not many people know that a lot goes into love. Have you ever been in love? I'm a slime monster. It's, it's hard well, to... Well, do you love your slime? I do. I love myself. I, yes, I, I do. And sometimes that's hard, isn't it? Sure. Yeah. So it makes perfect sense. Coming up later on the show, we'll check in with our culture critic, The Crypt Keeper, and his latest film review. Welcome back. My guest today is the ghost of actor Charles Bronson. After establishing your mysterious tough guy persona... You gained international fame for appearing in European action flicks, such as Once Upon a Time in the West. Did you bring a horse for me? Well, looks like we're... <laughs> looks like we're shy of one horse. <laughs> 
You brought too, too many. Even though you felt a sense of personal disappointment in your career as a tough guy actor, your work was highly influential. In particular, Quentin Tarantino not only cites your movies as an inspiration, he dedicated the movie Kill Bill to you. How does it feel to be an influence on a new generation of creepy weirdo filmmakers? Well, Tarantino is a unusual guy. I met him a few times before I passed on. You know, if uh, he gets that out of my movies, then so be it. People get different things. Some people enjoy them. Some people hate them. Like the rotten Roger Ebert. Oh, you're referring to his increasingly deprecating reviews of the Death Wish series. He just doesn't get it. He still doesn't get it. He'll bring it up, and I say, Hey, boyo, didn't you write a filthy script about dolls or something? You're referring to Ebert's collaboration with Russ Meyer on the film Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. It was hippie junk. He's the kind of guy I'd go after in my Death Wish movies. It sounds like you have a lot of beef with Roger Ebert. Is there any particular way in which you would take revenge or settle the score? Well, I would probably uh, torture him over a long period of time. Kind of gaslight him is what you call it. First, I would uh, change his pants, make the hem a little bit smaller every month. He's like, wait a minute, I can't grow anymore. And then, of course, after that, I'll start sending him letters from Jimi Hendrix. And then he'll get all excited because he loves Hendrix. And I'll say, meet me here at the Heaven Cafe. And then he'll show up all excited. And then he'll wait and wait and wait, and there will be no Hendrix. And then I'll show up, and I'll have a little smirk. And I go, what's wrong? Well, you stood up. Mm-hmm. And he'd cry and cry and cry, and I'd offer him a shoulder. Mm-hmm. And then once he'd get on my shoulder, punch him in the gut. Mm-hmm. And then I'd punch him again. Let's pivot to your post-mortem career. In 2003, you passed away. And in 2004... You starred in Life Wish, a film about a ghost who sends murdered spirits back to Earth with the help of his magical ungun, which sucks bullets back into its barrel. Here's a clip. Get on your knees and pray for life. You're never gonna send me back, Cursey! You hear? You're never gonna send me back! That's what you think. Huh? Bang, bang. You're alive. A lot of underworld dwellers were deeply offended by the concept of this film, which seemed to glorify life. How did you respond to critics like dead Roger Ebert when they said things like that? Well, you know, life is part of death. And if you want to reject life... Then that's on you, boyo. It's just a part of our underworld. The other thing about the underworld is that it's very peaceful. So, your character was running around the underworld, specifically causing mischief, to then send people back to life. So you've seen it? Of course, yes, that's my job. And what did you think of it? Um, I... I thought it had its moments. And what were those moments? 
Well, I, I was quite offended by the... Here we go. You know, I'll say this. I really thought the special effects were the best I'd seen for unguns. Um, yes. You know, it's it's not as cheesy as uh, as it had been in the past. So I really appreciated the the, the CGI, the, the care that went into those effects. Believe it or not, it's Ray Harryhausen. He leveled up. We'll be right back after the break. Hi, I'm Pierce Slaykill, host of Wait, Wait, Don't Kill Me. And I like to play a little game. Every week on Wait, Wait, Don't Kill Me, I kidnap and torture some of the funniest comedians in the country with my impossible-to-answer-questions about this week's headlines. On the next episode, Naomi at Paragon has to pass my pop culture pop quiz to escape with her life. Why is this happening to me? And why is Peter Slaykill a little puppet on a tricycle? That's, wait, wait, don't kill me. Only on Underworld Public Radio. Welcome back. My guest today is Charles Bronson, who is deceased. In 2014, you appeared in a movie called The Magnificent 7,238, which featured every deceased actor who's ever appeared in a Western. Here's a clip. I know there's a lot of people here, but we're about to go up against our biggest threat. The other 12,000 banditos. There are 7,000 plus of us, and we're all mad as hell. And we're all menly men. You've seen us before. And now we're all together. Like some kind of supergroup. Isn't that right, John Wayne? That's right. We're gonna show them what we're made of. Isn't that right, Slim Pickens? Well, surely. Sure is. Isn't that right, man number two? Correct. So? Are you going to step up, or are you going to lay down? What was it like working with Paul Newman, Slim Pickens, John Wayne, Cary Grant, Gary Cooper, James Garner, and the other 7,232? They were okay. Wow. I don't know what you expect from me. I'm a man of few words. It's, it's just a movie. It's a bunch of actors. What do you think it's like? Um, I don't know. I've never been in a movie. I'm a radio host. Well, have you ever been around people? Living humans or other underworld dwellers? Just anyone. Sure, mostly through, um, the microphone. Well, that's what it's like. Uh, okay. You, you have conversations. Sometimes you look at each other. Sometimes you share a laugh. And then you're on your way. Because I got to get home to dinner. Speaking of the magnificent 7,238, it was inspired by the film The Magnificent Seven. Supposedly, the original title of that film was The Magnificent Sexy Cowboy Men. What was the sexual tension like between you, Yul Brenner, and Steve McQueen? I am. Um, what was the sexual tension like? I'm asking for a friend. Well, I'll say this. There was a thick musk in the air. And you know, it's Hollywood. We're all curious, 
There's nothing wrong with it. And of course, we had a fight so that we wouldn't be hard all the time. And that's okay. Charles Bronson, if you were in Hollywood today, would you be under contract with DC or Marvel? From what I remember, DC was a little bit more darker. Hardcore. I believe there was a character named Lobo I was trying to be in a movie, a Superman movie, but it never happened because, as you know, I was with Canon Films and they made Superman 4. So I went to Golan and Globus and I said, make me Lobo, bastages. They just kind of laughed and said, don't worry, you'll be Lobo soon. And of course, it never happened. So probably DC. What attracted you to the character of Lobo, Charles Bronson? Well, he's a loose cannon, and he only uh, does what he wants. He's a space biker, if you will. He's brutal, he's honest, and he doesn't get along with everyone. So does that sound like anybody you know? I don't know you, Charles Bronson, so if you're insinuating- I meant my movie persona. Oh, oh, okay. I'm a nice guy in real life. You don't seem unnice. Look, I know I can be a hard bastard. I'm aware of it. But my heart's in the right place. One last question. What's the most terrifying experience you can think of? Probably not having punks to waste. So that sounds like maybe it's boredom? If you say so. It sounds like you need constant uh, punks to waste. People say that I actually invite it into my life. And maybe they're right. I think they are. Charles Bronson, thank you so much for appearing well, that's on... That's it? Fresh Scare. I appreciate it. Being on your little program. It, it's, not, it's not a little program, but I, I appreciate you appreciating being on Fresh Scare. Sometimes it's beneath me. What? What? Sometimes this show is beneath you? Correct. And why is that? Just depends on the guests that you have. Oh, you listen to my show. Of course. Are there any other radio shows or podcasts that you enjoy that you'd like to tell us about? Well, there's one I wouldn't say enjoy, but it's called the Canon Canon, and they cover the films of Canon. I just talked about Golan and Globus earlier. And they uh, actually spent the time to watch all the Death Wish movies. Plus some other Bronson classics, so I have to respect them for that. But they're clowns. They're wasting their life. What are they doing this for? Charles Bronson, thank you so much. If you say so. Th thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on Fresh Scare. I enjoyed being on your little program. Thank you so much for being on Fresh Scare. Some people say I have a problem trying to get the last word in. Uh-huh. Th thank you so much for being on Fresh Scare. Sure. Thank you so much for being on Fresh Scare. We'll be right back after a short message from our sponsors. You're listening to Fresh Scare, broadcasting to you from the underworld. And now our culture critic, the Crypt Keeper, reviews Dix, the musical. Disgusting, crude, and absurd. I cannot stop raving about Dix the Musical! 
A first for the artsy-fartsy production house, Slay 24. This eye-popping musical has to be seen to be believed. Newcomers, Josh Sharp and Aaron Jackson the Ripper have taken the beloved Disney classic, The Parrot's Trap. Dissected it and added some hilarious show tunes and an all-scar cast. They've created a Frankenstein's monster of over-the-top entertainment. <laughs> but beware, kiddies. This musical is not for the faint of heart. There were many parts of dicks that even I had a hard time swallowing. However, dicks is carried by its side-splitting performances from Nathan Payne. Both Megan's Mulally and The Stallion. And of course, Josh Shark Attack and Aaron Jack Son of Sam's Clubby! <laughs> ooh, ooh, okay, all right, hold on. <sighs> However, the breakout performances of Dicks absolutely belong to the Sewer Boys. And I'm not just saying that because I used to do improv with them back in New York. These Sewer Boys steal the show, and they will steal your hearts. Literally! <laughs> For In Touch Magazine, I'm the Crypt Keeper. The Crypt Keeper reviewed Dicks, the musical, now in theaters, unless it's already on streaming. Or maybe it's in both. Fresh Scare is a left-handed radio product, written and performed by Adam Bozarth, and Anna Rubinova. Our guest for this episode was Frank Garcia Hell. I mean, Charles Bronson. If you like our show and would like to support us, sign up at patreon.com slash lefthandedradio. Members receive early ad-free episodes and bonus material. Please rate and review our show wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends about us too. Thank you for listening. cars like these on auto trader like that car riding your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time well multitasking pro cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader